the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. The word of the Lord reads like this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. Would you pray with me, Father in heaven, we thank you this morning for your amazing and eternal grace that you pour upon us. Lord, thank you for just allowing us to have this opportunity to worship on today and for all that you have already done, we're grateful for. But right now, God, as we sit at your feet, we want to hear from you. So, Lord, speak into our hearts, speak into our lives in such a way, God, that you will transform us from where we are to where we need to be. Father, if there are those who don't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, it is my prayer on this day that the word of God will prick their heart, God, and cause them to come asking, what must I do to be saved? Father, in the name of Jesus, it's my prayer that those who have drifted in their fellowship and in their uh, faithfulness to you, God, that the word today would draw them into a faithfulness towards you in whatever aspect of their life that that is needed. Father, I pray that the word of God would encourage the body of Christ, that it would uplift the spirits, that it would remind us that you are our God and that you are looking out and taking care of us. So spirit of the Lord, whatever need your people have as I preach and declare your word, I pray you would meet that need, Lord God, and even exceed the expectation of what they set down to listen to you will accomplish. Father, I pray that you would have your way in all that is said and all that is done. I yield myself as a vessel in your hand to accomplish your will in this place. I need you, Lord. I need you for the clarity of thought and for the clarity of articulation today that uh, my mind, God, might not be cloudy and my words might not be foggy, but they might be clearly heard and understood in this place and through the airways and in the platforms and venues whereby they may find themselves, whether on the radio or whether on Facebook or uh, Instagram or YouTube or the website or wherever it may be heard, Lord God, let your word be clear on this day. And I need you, Father, that that might be accomplished. Have your way now, Jesus. In your name, I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. Amen. Well, Kettering, guess what? It is uh, the first Sunday of fall. Amen. We have uh, eclipsed and made it through another hazy, hot summer of 
uh, DC, uh, what do you call it? DMV. Amen. We have, we have made it through. Praise the Lord. And we have, um, come to another, uh, another season, if you will, in life. This season of fall or the harvest season. And it is in this season, uh, of fall that we reap the benefits of what was sown in the spring and, uh, in the summer. Uh, and so we are looking forward with uh, great expectation to taking the kids to go get pumpkins and, and to getting the big pretty mums to put down in our front yard and the little cabbage, purple cabbage plants and all that stuff. Well, uh, that, that we have the plant and to harvest the corn and the, the melons and the, uh, you know, the vegetables of the fall and all the things that we get to gather in in the fall time. It's that time of year where for those of you who have any level of enthusiasm about fall, we, we know that what we enjoy in the fall is a, is a benefit of what was invested in the spring and the summer. If I got any witnesses in the house, you can say amen. Amen. And so the bottom line is that, um, if you don't sow anything in the spring or in the summer, you won't get anything in the fall. In other words, there won't be a harvest if you haven't planted. I know y'all are city folk, but for my country people, y'all know you do have to plant something. Amen. In order for you to get a harvest in the fall, you, you got to go out in the field. You got to dig some stuff up. You got to get some weeds out the way. <laughs> Amen. You got to move some rocks. You got to do some planting. You got to do some hoeing. You got to, you know, you got to do some, some fertilizing and some watering and pray for rain and all that good stuff. And, and then that the sun would come and it would not be too much rain or too much sun and that the balance of everything would come together just such that your, your harvest would be plenteous and your harvest would be bountiful and that you would be able to enjoy the fall from all of your labor from the spring and the summer. Amen. And so uh, as I was digging into this text, I I, want to put you in the fullness of it. As Paul is writing in this particular letter, he of Galatians, this particular portion of it, he really is focusing in on uh, the stewardship of our lives. And more specifically, he seems to be addressing uh, an issue of of giving to uh, the support of ministry. Not that that's the subject matter. I just need to give you context. Uh, he, he seems to be giving that idea, but also uh, the way in which we treat each other as a means of investment of, of Christian life and the way in which we invest into the kingdom of God itself. So there's a lot of uh, application and implications in this text. And so I want to kind of dig into it as God will lead me and you guys pray for me that we look at this subject idea this morning, reaping in due season. Paul seems to use as a parity here, Uh, sowing and reaping to connect to that whole idea of the stewardship of your life. You do realize that you are a steward of your life. Amen. When I say steward, that means your life is not your own. It belongs to somebody else, but God has loaned it to you 
and he's going to come back and hold you accountable for what you did with it. Y'all do know that, right? Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is going to be held accountable for how you conducted your yourself in this life and with this life that you've been given. And so we are stewards over this life, and it is important for us to be found uh, faithful as stewards over the life in which we have been given, that we might not waste it away, that we might not blow it away, but rather that we will be found faithful in our Christian character and in our Christian walk, especially for those who are Christian. If you're not Christian, you just need to know you still will be held accountable for the life that you have. Amen. And prayerfully, you will invest it in some good soil so that you can get some good return. Amen. Because when fall comes, if you haven't sown it into good soil, you won't have any good fruit. <laughs> Amen. I'm preaching already. And so as we look at this, it's a very, very simple message, very, very simple address here. And, and that is, first of all, um, Paul says in verse 7 do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Let me start by saying, first and foremost, you will reap what you sow. Okay? Simple, very simple principle, uh, but it's an unchangeable principle. You will reap what you sow. Now, let me dig right through this. He says, don't be deceived. Um, he says, don't fool yourself. Um, you can't snub your nose up at God thinking that your pretense of sowing good is going to somehow still reap you a positive return and that you can you can slide it past God. You don't be deceived. You can't mock God. You can't make fun of God. You can't slip it past God thinking that uh, that this reaping and sowing principle doesn't apply to you. you it doesn't, you're not going to be able to get it past him. Let me say it this way. This principle that Paul lays out in the text is an immutable principle of God. In other words, it's an unchangeable uh, principle of God as it relates to the harvest, as it relates to the horticulture, as it relates to uh, planting and harvesting. It's an unchangeable principle, although it is a principle that, let me say this, that, that allows for and affords us, whew, thank you God, grace. Now, let me, let me say this. Somebody should really shout it right there. Because when I said, when I said, and I'm, I'm just reading what's in the text, the text in essence says you will reap what you sow. It, is it, does it not say that? Now, here's the, here's the good news about this principle of reaping and sowing. Grace, amen somebody, allows some of our seeds, amen somebody, not to come up. Lord, help me. I, I just need to give, I, I, y'all, y'all not catching it yet. Some, some of the seeds you sown, God by grace hadn't brought them up in your life. Y'all, y'all still playing holy. Um, some, some of the things you've done that you should have received a specific fruit from, by the grace of God, he didn't allow it to come up in your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, I, I want to say it this way, and, and, and I know this might, might not be the best theology, but I think it, it works. Um, the blood has, has killed some of the seeds. Help me, God. In other words, if it had not been for the blood of the lamb, 
some of the stuff that we sowed would have come up and choked us out. Lord, have mercy. So some of our seeds would have come up and embarrassed us. Some of our seeds in the harvest time would have come up and disgraced us. But by the grace of God, all your seeds have not come up. Thank you, Jesus. That, that's just for the people who have not lived a perfect life I'm talking to. For the rest of y'all, y'all have no idea, no clue why I'm so excited about that point. I'm just grateful for grace. Amen. Amen, Jesus. But the text says we will reap what we sow, and I also want to address it from this perspective because oftentimes when we hear this, we hear this in a um, revengeful kind of way. When someone has done us wrong, we oftentimes will pull this passage up. And we kind of do a, a color purple type of thing. What's been done to me already been done to you. You know, we... we I don't know if that's the right words, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And so we pull this passage up because we want to become the executor through God of the vengeance of the offense that was done to us. And we say, you reap what you sow. Or we use it as a means of telling folk, you should have never done that. As if we never had grace work in our lives. And so we use it as a platform sometimes to tell other people that what they're getting, they're getting because they deserve it. I'm really preaching way better than y'all saying amen because I know y'all be using this passage when the doors are closed at your house. And when you're on the phone with your girlfriends and when you, you know, in the, you know, watching the game with your dudes, you reap what you sow. Now, there is a, a truth and a reality about this, but I, I, I'm trying to really pull it in the context because don't use this as a blanket statement for everything because if we want to push God to make sure that that happens, all of us are in trouble. Because the wages of sin, the, the planting of the seeds of sin are death. And we all deserve that. And so if it really happens to work all the way through thoroughly in our lives, then we all are going to be lost and we will have no grace working to save us from our sin. And so Paul says, don't fool yourself. God is not, don't, you can't play with God and pre pretend that you are sowing good seed and you're sowing bad seed and expect that good seed is going to come up. Don't fool yourself. God is not mockable. You can't mock him. He knows what seeds you've sown. Amen. And, and he knows what you've done. And so in a sense, uh, as I was looking at this, God, watch this. Um, and when he says you reap, you will, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. What it also tells me is that God has authority and power to bring forth fruit from the seeds that we sow. 
In other words, because this is God's principle, it's not my principle. I don't get to change this. I can't switch it up and say, yeah, well, no, that one ain't going to come up. No, no, no. This is God's principle. And so God himself has authority and power to bring fruit from the seeds that we've sown as an immutable principle that will will ultimately at harvest time come forward and be an issue that we have to deal with, a fruit that we have to deal with. Now, here's the reality all the way down the road. As I'm looking way down the road, way down the road, the reality of it is um, even those things that don't come up in our lifetime in the judgment of God, we still have to give account for, but Jesus will stand up on your behalf and say, I paid for that. <sighs> I thought a few more people would have shouted. Um, this must be a really holy crowd, y'all. It, y'all online, I'm dealing with, I got a holy, holy, sanctified group of folk up in the church this morning. And so, um, so, <laughs> so, um, God, God is gracious enough to, to take the, the blunt of the, 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 how do I say, the sting of the fruit from some of the things that we've done. And so we don't have to deal with all of our seeds. But you still will reap what you sow. That doesn't get erased. And so your sowing has equal power to the results of your reaping. Y'all still here? Can I, can I ease into money just a little bit? Your, your return on your investment is going to be controlled by your investment. Y'all still here? So in other words, you, you've got power too. Your, your sowing has equal power to the return of your investment because you reap what you sow. If you sow figs, you cannot reap oranges. All right? Um, If I sow uh, tomato plants, I cannot reap apples from tomato seeds because I'm going to reap what I sow. I can't reap what I haven't sown. If I sow collard greens or kale or rake, I'm going to reap collard greens, kale, and rake. Y'all may say, Pastor, you, you didn't grow up in the country. How you know about all that? Well, my father was, he, he made us. He, he always had um garden plots and he made us as far as I can remember go with him and we had to go work in the field with my father and my mom and we had to my brother and I my brother was very he was very smart um, because he knew how to get out of the work Um, but my father would make us go through the field and we'd have to pull the weeds out from the seedlings that were sown and as they were coming up we would be pulling the weeds, but my brother, he would just pull up everything. And so my father ultimately would get so upset with him and he would just tell him, get out of my field, get out of my garden. That left me in the garden by myself pulling weeds from between the seedlings. But I I learned that you only can reap kale if you sow kale 
We went down the row and we planted kale seeds. We had these little packages of seeds and we'd open them and you plant them down the, the row and you cover them up. And when we came back and when it grew up in the harvest time, it was kale or it was collard greens or it, if we planted a mound of for watermelons or cucumbers and you had to mound them up and, and smooth them out and all that. But wherever we put in that ground, Lord, help me here. Um, that is what came out in the fall. If we planted cucumbers, we couldn't, we, we couldn't go back there and expect that cantaloupe was going to be there. There were no cantaloupe there if you didn't plant cantaloupe seeds. Y'all still here? Sometimes it would have been nice to have that work that way, but it never worked that way. It doesn't work that way uh, in horticulture, and it doesn't work that way in life. You reap what you sow. Y'all, y'all getting this? And so if you re- if you sow love, guess what you will reap? Love. If you sow hatred, guess what you will reap? Hatred. Amen. Y'all catching on. Amen. You, you can't sow hatred and expect love to come back because you reap what you sow. You can't sow uh, deception and expect everybody to be honest with you. Lord, help me, help us here. So whatever you are sowing, you are also ultimately going to reap because we reap what we sow. In the context of the passage, Paul has already told them that, uh, let me read it for you. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And so he comes back and then lets people know you can't, don't be deceived. You can't, don't fool, don't fool yourself. You can't mock God because whatever you sow, that will you also reap. And so the whole benefit of this is in our life and a stewardship of our life, we need to understand that our, our reaping, our fall or our harvest season is dependent upon what we've sown. Y'all still here? All right. Second thing, let me, let me keep this, this train moving. Second thing here in the text, he says in verse number eight, he says, um, for he who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. The second thing I see here in the text is not only will you reap what you sow, but you reap from where you sow. Y'all still here? So, so the, the, what, what comes back comes back from the place from where you've sown it into. So you reap from where you've sown. The text seems to be clear that there are only two options as it relates to the, the stewardship of our lives as to where you can sow it. You can either sow to the flesh or you can sow to the spirit. There are no other options for you to sow to any other places. You either are sowing to the spirit, which is the kingdom of God and unto God himself, or you're sowing unto yourself, which is your flesh. Okay, y'all still still here? There's two options there. And he says here in the text, um, he who sows unto his flesh. Uh, is going to reap from the flesh what the flesh can give in return. He who sows to, to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. So the fruit that I get back, if I sow it to the flesh, will be the fruit of the flesh. And since the flesh is of corruption... 
It is sinfully, desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't redeem it of our own. We can't work our way to perfecting it. We can't cover it up enough. We can't dress it up, make it up. We can't perfume it up. It's wicked. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap from the flesh that which the flesh can give in return. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family Minister in the Spirit of Excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.